Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tonaris podcast. As always, I am joined by my good friend, Timmy La. Hi, everyone. And this week, we have two very special guests. It's our first time having two guests. <laughs> and one of them is related to Timmy. Yeah. But uh, first of all, we'll go to uh, his friend, Liam. Um, Liam, what's the crack with yourself? How are you, boy? I'm not too bad, no. Yeah. So, to be on the podcast. I know, yeah. So just to give people a little bit of an insight, um, you're here with Sean. You are a personal trainer and MMA enthusiast. You're a, a practicing MMA uh, athlete, and you train people down in SPG, which is in Blackpool. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will be familiar with SPG, but do you want to explain, us, explain it to the layperson? Um, yeah, okay, so SPG is kind of basically standing for Straight Blast Gym. Um, it's basically an MMA gym, but on top of that, there's also like a variety of fitness class and things. It's like um, a big kind of social group, as you'd almost call it, because everyone knows each other, everyone's friendly. Um, I suppose I've been working there about a year and a half now. Um, you know, with COVID, it's kind of in and out since then, yeah. but um, everyone's still fairly close. We all chat away and get on. Um, I'm, personal, I'm working personal training with kind of MMA kind of related things, so jiu-jitsu kickboxing then the group fitness on top of that as well yeah. i'm also working with a few individual clients sean being one of them yeah and what did you do before that uh before that so i was kind of in college uh, for four years doing health and leisure got my bachelor's of science in health and leisure with advanced performance training um i suppose i've been kind of heavily um interested in kind of different training and stuff like that since i was about 13 14 years old and i kind of transferred that on then into college um, once I got the qualification there I went off and got another qualification um, in nutrition so precision nutrition's uh, level one course as well so I've been tipping away with that too brilliant mm-hmm. so place. you're fully qualified yeah. uh, I'd li- yeah. well I hope so anyway. and where, where you're from where's mm-hmm. that lovely accent from um, as Timmy was kind of saying before the podcast <laughs> and Sean they were laughing at me saying I'm from Malloy I'd be a bit outside of Malloy I'd be countryside so I'd be Gertrude Lumberstone area yeah, yeah. Oh, good man good man like your, all your education I'm just looking like and listening to you all the educational stuff that you've done, like we look at Sean and we look what he's after achieving in his own life through listening to you and your own, um, just helping him in general. You know, uh, Sean, how much weight did you lose? I'm down um, 40 kilos now, 48 pounds, yeah, yeah, in about, in about 12 months. Fair play. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit of your backstory? Yeah, um, in 2012, I developed a problem with my foot. It was I was just getting pain in it, and it was going away, coming, going like all the time. I sort of ignored it. Mm. I didn't sort of. I did ignore it. Like mm. and mm. about nine months later, um, I just couldn't walk no more. So I had to get it checked out, and um, they discovered a thing called chronic osteomyelitis. It's a sort of a rare bone disease um, that eats the bone away um, and I developed that from a little cut I had in my heel that I didn't look after I just threw a plaster on it mm. I suppose like most people would probably just do like you know but unfortunately it uh, developed into a very serious thing for me and um, after multiple operations and hospital stays and medication and all this stuff in two- September 2018 the Amputated my leg from from the knee down. Um, which what, to be what quite age were you, Sean? Um, I was forty nine. Time I got my leg taken away. And what did you wear? How, how I I weighed in 
when I started in the gym with with um, in SBG um, with Liam, I weighed in at one hundred twenty five kilos, which is about just about a twenty ish stone mark. So I'm down now to actually I weighed myself well ago, <laughs> and I'm down to eighty four oh. eighty four kilos. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so what kind of what kind of weight had you before you had your operation before the leg was uh, amputated? Um, over the, over the period of when it first developed, I was I was a bit overweight before anything ever happened 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 to me. But um, but as the years went on, I was less and less mobile, and you know people know when you're especially this time mm. with lockdown and everything else, you're at home. Mm. You tend to eat more eat more rubbish than healthy foods. What kind of an effect did the amputation have on you psychologically? I'd like I put myself in that situation and it must have been devastating for you. Well, when I f- they first sort of told me about three years before I had my leg amputated that there was a possibility of it happening. Now, that frightened me. It absolutely frightened me. I was saying, this is life-changing altogether, like, you know. But as time went on, and no matter what they done, uh, through medication, through operations, um, I have a spinal stimulator put into my back, which is a battery just connected onto your your nerve system. Send shockwaves down your leg. They thought that would take away the pain. Um, nothing was nothing was working. So um, when they did tell me in around April of 2018 that the leg will have to come off, I was actually relieved. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, because it was, I knew it was taking me out of the pain I was in. I, I was in a wheelchair and everything, so mm. I didn't want that life at all. Like, you Describe know. The, the 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 pain. Um, you could have like it, there was always constant um, pain there, right? But then you get this severe pain where you basically be nearly crying with it, right? Couldn't sleep. Tossing and turning, I I could not. I hadn't a shoe on my right leg for five five six years. I had a special boot that mm. was made for me. There was no heel on it. Um. So, even the blankets on on a bed, I couldn't bear them on it. That's how the pain. The you know the slightest touch of my foot, pain was just. Un- unbelievable like I mean mm. it's it's very hard to tell you mm. how severe it was like you know mm. you're trying to pin it to something else that you could say yeah it's like that type of pain but it, it's not like anything you'd experience never like. never ever it was mm. it, like there was always pain there but then it would flare up into real severe severe pain where you would you'd, you wouldn't sleep you you'd be practically crying with the pain like you know mm-hmm. it was that bad Do you on any meds for that any oh my god I was on 34 tablets a day mm. All, a lot of them were morphine um, morphine based tablets um, there would have been um, nerve type tablets and then they give you tablets to try to counteract what yeah. the morphine tablets would do to your stomach yeah. and all this sort of stuff and I had the pick line in my arm which was mm. basically a drip into my arm which I'd, I had on for nearly two months and I'd have a nurse coming out to me every single day putting in severe antibiotics into you like then my body started rejecting all that stuff back into hospital again I spent over, over from 2013 to 2018 I probably spent combined put them all together about two and a half three years in hospital was there ever any risk of it spreading to oh, yeah. your body and yeah. and, and, and death? Yeah. So when the doctor, I had, I was moved to Dublin to see a surgeon up there, and the way he described it to me was that um, it's like a volcano in my foot now at this stage, right? That's just smoke coming out of it, right? Staying there, it's not doing anything. It's just concentrating in that one area. He said, like, all smoke in the volcanoes, they're going to erupt. And mm-hmm. he says, when it does erupt, it'll spread all over your body. And that is life-threatening, like, you know, going to your organs as well. Like So mm-hmm. he just like, said, there's no option, but the leg has to come away. So you were probably probably happy in one sense. I was I was relieved that you know? the final decision was to be made. Um, yeah. Right, they were trying everything and anything, you know, medication, um, different type of operations. I had my part of my hip bone taken out. 
and put down into my foot. That was done within three weeks. The disease was actually eating all that away. Mm. And it was basically, I wasn't allowed to put my, well, I couldn't anyway put my heel on the ground, but if I did, the whole leg would just cave in, like the whole foot would cave in. So, so you, were all, you, were, you were relieved so from the take and the Oh, yeah, yeah. Like from the initial time I was told it, which was about three years before, it was frightening. It was a frightening thought. But mm. as time went on, I just said, you know, something just has to be better than what I'm going through now at the moment, mm. like, you know. So in the end, they amputated your leg, yeah. right? Um, your mental health at that stage must have been bad. I've heard you talk about getting phantom pains and stuff yeah. like that as well when the knee was gone, you know, I suppose. You're on a lot of meds as well for pain and everything else. Um, like, I can just picture somebody, like, if they're overweight, you know, what do you do to, to comfort yourself? I know you're not into prescribed medication yeah. as an addict or alcohol. I know those mm. things personally. So how were you after after your leg was gone? What way were you feeling? How, yeah. how did it affect you? Well, I'd say about two days... After I had the operation, they allowed me out of bed to see how I felt, like, you know, and what they were, what they were basically trying to see, how, what way was I uh, mentally, and, you know, could I bear looking down and seeing nothing there, like, you know. So when I looked down, it was frightening, all right, to say, Jeez, there is nothing there. No, I could feel nothing anyway because of any part of my leg, because they had me on... Um, it's called keter, ketazone. It's like heart tranquilizer. Basically, mm. it's very, very strong painkiller. Ketamine. 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 It's known as ketamine. Yeah, yeah. that. Be, uh, it was never good to name drug. with tablets or drugs or anything like Just that. Just need to know that, man. <laughs> I, I actually never tried it. Neither did I. Neither did I. Well, I tell you, if you did anyway, you won't feel nothing. Uh, <laughs> I've heard of some mad stuff yeah, happening um, with people I'd, on ketamine. I had absolutely zero pain. Right, But when I looked down... <laughs> I got a fright. I got a major, major yeah. fright, right? I actually fell back in the bed and the doctor said, get back up again. So I got up and I just said, right, this is it. You, this is my life now. We're like, you know, you can't grow it back, can't put it back. So I just said, right, I have to deal with this. Mm. And I, I sort of adjusted fairly quickly to it. Yeah. The main thing that was really, that I was more concerned about wasn't that my leg was gone. And the doctors were afraid as well is that has this um, disease travelled that they haven't seen yet, you mm. know? Mm. Because they can still do blood tests and they can still do MRI scans and whatever type scan. It may not show up because when, they, when, if, when I first went to the hospital, they took three or four different types and um, different times of taking x-rays on my leg and they saw absolutely nothing, right? They were putting it down. They said I had gout, it was arthritis, it was this, it was that, mm. and... Eventually, they decided to do um, an MRI scan, and they told me first it was it was a cancerous tumor there. But when they done the, the biopsy, the bone just poured out, and then they realised what it was. Like. Was there any, ever, um, any talk about a risk of addiction with all the like you run morphine and mm. opiate medication for so long? Years. Did you find it hard to come off that? Well, I tell you, I, I I honestly didn't, right? But what changed? I actually went to my doctor and handed back every single uh, tablet that I had. Mm. Um, made an appointment to go out to see him. He didn't know what I was coming out for. Mm. And I had a bag. It was like a big black rubbish bag of tablets. You would have got a few quid for that bag. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, what made me do it, right, was that I was actually watching a documentary about um, um, one of the tablets I was on, one of the morphine tablets, Oxynorm. Yeah. Mm. I was actually on Oxynorm and Oxycontin at the same time, and mm. I saw a program about it. Some some town or some city in the US where they don't even take heroin or cocaine mm. or any other type of these hard type drugs. It's Oxycontin. They call Oxycontin. that hillbilly heroin in America. Yeah. yeah. So when I saw that, the following day I went straight on to my doctor, handed everything over to him. I said, I don't want to take them no more. Mm. and he was looking at me stupid and I just said no I said I've had enough I'm a man from years the effects of these later on in my life I said, it's, mm. I said no and I just dumped it on and the only thing I take now because I still get a, a lot of um, phantom pains um, it would be Panadol yeah. Paracetamol that's, yeah. all, that's all I'd ever take like, do you know what 
Right, this is I, I find this part just because I know a bit of your story already because mm. we we spoke about it. I find this very, very, very interesting. Tell us the story about how you actually came across SBG. You well, know, after after every, I know it took a bit of time for you to kind of adapt to the new leg, and, yeah. and there was a bit of a gap there. But how did I, how did you actually come across the lads in in SBG? Yeah. Well, it was my younger son wanted to join, wanted to do um kickboxing and he's extremely quiet right and I know if he went to any gym for that matter and he told him he wanted to do something and if they recommended something else to him he would have said grand okay you know and it probably wouldn't have been what he wanted to do so I went down with him to SBG and um, I it was actually a guy called Brendan Russell who was um, on the counter down there at the time and I told him that what what Kyle wanted to do and uh, he's a grand and he was organising bits and pieces they were taking Kyle upstairs to have a look at the, the set up there and all that stuff and Brendan said to me he said what about yourself and as we said before we started here now I rarely wear long pants right? I'm always in shorts right? so I was actually wearing a pair of shorts and uh, in my own head I said he, has, he doesn't realise I've only one leg you know, so I, when he said to me, would, would would I be interested? I said, look, I don't think I can do anything. I said, because look, I'm an amputee. And he just said, um, so what? You know, so what? And I thought, it's strange. And then I thought, yeah, why? So what? Like, why can't I try it? So he got in touch then with um, Marilyn Griffin, who was one of the owners of SBG. And um, she rang me to come down gave me a tour around the place and that same day then is when I met Liam for the first time mm. and uh, I you know I felt this going in I was a bit um, conscious mm, of course um, yeah for, for three or four different reasons one I was heavily overweight right and I said I went to a gym now all these super fit people are there and you know and there's this big mm. fatty coming in like they're not just super fit people either they're all animals. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, like, like I had this idea of my head, and and we've been down to SPG uh, yeah. visiting, you know. Yeah. But um, had this idea in my head, you know, it's going to be fucking testosterone charged environment, and it's yeah. more intimidating. But it's actually the opposite, isn't totally, it? Totally, totally, yeah, yeah. And like another thing, you know, wearing a prosthetic going in, it's probably, I suppose, the majority of people probably never saw anybody wearing prosthetic as well, like you know. And, I'd all that in my head and actually it was Liam was the first coach I came across I know I presume Marlene had said to Liam look Sean's come down he's wearing a prosthetic because he had organised he wanted me to do everything that everybody else was doing but in a bit of a modified way so that I would be capable of doing it like you know and I'd done it right? and I came away and I was, I was actually very very proud of myself yeah. You know that I said, right, I got through a class here, and in all fairness, not to Liam, mm-hmm. he he was watching over everything I'd done, and when I was struggling and things, modified it again. But I got through it, yeah. you know. And I came home, and I was I was on a buzz, like I really was. I was thrilled that I was able to do it. I was exhausted, like Jesus, mm-hmm. I was beat. But um, I felt I felt very proud of myself because you felt you felt the fear. And you you done it anyway, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you fucking pushed yourself through it. Yeah. But we'll get Liam's perspective on that now. Yeah, yeah. Liam, what, have you ever trained an amputee before, Sean? Um, no, I never actually trained an amputee before. When um, you see an amputee coming towards you, um, what's going through your head? Like, it's, it's, it's something that's it's different. Yeah, I, I suppose, like, the initial thing you'd be thinking is, like, okay, what do I need to kind of change up or do in this kind of scenario? But... I suppose the only thing is when when I was in college we would have had like um, APA classes like working with people with different abilities yeah. you know whether that be physical uh, mental anything like that so I would have like some experience in knowing how to adapt certain exercises so it was just kind of it'd be like at the time when you were doing the classes you'd be like 
I'm never going to use this. This isn't the kind of scenario I think I'm going to be put in. Mm. But then it was like, okay, this is actually useful now. So I might mm. as well put it into action. What I have in the notes, I kind of have together. So it worked out pretty well, actually. Yeah. And, and it, sure, I suppose at this stage, no, he's asking for things to be made harder rather than easier at this mm. stage. So, exactly. We like you know. move the goalpost and then <laughs> yeah, it never gets yeah. easier. We just no. add more weight type of thing, isn't I'll it? Stop. I, see, thing with Sean. I see his progression. I see his progression in the last 12 months there. And... I've been listening to him and the praise that he has for yourself and one or two others below in the gym, you know, just always being there from a phone call away, particularly now around the lockdown and everything, the last three lockdowns, just being there a phone call away and, and talking about food and, and exercises at home as well because, you know, the gyms and stuff being closed and everything else yeah. like that, you know. Um, and I've done a small bit of work with you as well, you know, and you your way your your way of dealing with people was so so simple and subtle and gentle you know i i found that unbelievably and sh- myself and sean had a chat about it one day and you know you're somebody that in my eyes like for a young man you're so mature mm. and so grown up um and you'll do really well we i i, I believe you do really well because i think that might be a little niche for you to move into on a personal level, you know, start helping people that have problems with legs and hands and things that they have no way back, you know. I suppose there's another aspect to that as well. You're not just training them physically, you're also going to have to be there for them mentally because they're going through their own stuff as well, you know. And you have done that with Sean and done it beautifully from what I see, like he's after losing like 40... 40 odd kilos but he also put on a lot of muscle if anyone <laughs> wants to see how much muscle Sean's after putting on just go on to Instagram and, 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 and look for uh, yeah. Sean O'Leary we'll, he has all his posts up I'll add the photos of him there <laughs> yeah. afterwards you know, so they'll pop up as we speak when people watch it later yeah. on but um, what was Sean's mental state at the start? Um, is he very motivated or what about the nutrition like, like honestly he's always seemed really he's just a motivated person he's always he's always looking for a way to do this certain thing or figure out something extra that he could be doing so when you're dealing with people like Sean it's really easy it's just mm-hmm. trying to modify it to what exactly he can do at that time and then look to kind of progress it on from there um, but I'd say like with most people the big thing is support like mm-hmm. if, you, if you have support it's going to make it way easier to change a lot of people, when they kind of like stagnate in certain areas, it's generally down to the fact that they, there's no one in like their household that's kind of helping them along the way. They might be hindering them in some way. So it's just if there's someone just there to talk with them and just kind of bring mm. them through the steps, it makes it a lot easier and you'll progress way quicker. Yeah. And I suppose when they're seeing the progression, then physically and they're losing the weight. That's very motivating, yeah. like. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. But Sean, was there any um, exercises that you found particularly tough? Um, and some exercises that you enjoy the most? Um, well, the hardest ones for me is like um, anything that you're basically putting a lot of weight on on the legs, right? Um, there's I can name out quite a few of now. Like at at this present moment, I'm 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 struggling with the prosthetic I have, right? Because the prosthetic I have is is basically not suitable for for gym work, right? Mm. It's it's basically made for walking. Just getting from A to B, right? But um, so like there be exercises when you're going up and down steps, carrying weights, doing deadlifts, uh, squats, and stuff like that. They are difficult because you're basically carrying all the weight on one leg, your good leg, like you know. Um, and the way my prosthetic is at the moment, I can't even do that. So, like I said that to Liam about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, in the space of a couple of days changed my whole program around to keep me off my legs basically like you know is there but, a prosthetic out there that would be better oh there is yeah yeah um, is it just availability or costing I, I, I guarantee you these stuff is expensive like. yeah it's cost right um yeah. it's actually funny uh james how you brought that up because we were uh the, the some the owners of, of sbg um limo griffin marlene's sister and marlene's husband uh james white um I said to him, I, I like putting challenges to myself, right? And sometimes probably one of my worst things about me is that I, I probably push myself a bit too hard at times, right? Mm. But I said to him about, I don't know, about maybe two months ago, three months ago, that I was interested in trying to do um, a triathlon. And 
I saw their faces like, and I just said, Christ, what's he up to? Like, you <laughs> know? My face as well. <laughs> so, because I like, I, I have to have some, I have to have a challenge, something to aim for. Like, like when I started with Liam Frost um, and SBG, um, I said to Marilyn, I actually said it to three people only. Uh, sorry, four people. The two coaches I had at the time, uh, Liam and Will Gary, Marlene and um, Liam Oak of SBG, that I wanted to get my weight down to 90 kilos, right? I had said it to no one else, right? So I had a goal in my head and I said, right, once I got started getting into the train, I was starting to say, mm. I'm actually liking this, you know? And then mm. I started seeing where the changes, like, and I, I started SBG around the end of January. I'm just just over a year with him and we went into lockdown mm-hmm. after about six six weeks um, but SBG and Liam were in touch with me practically every single day mm-hmm. right Liam was going through I was talking about the food side of things and he was helping me adapt to it you know change try this try that but the best thing about the diet that or the nutrition that I'm on right at the moment is that it's not somebody telling you this is what you have to eat, right? The way Liam does it is he gives you, he sends you out a form and says, right, tell me what foods you like. Tell me what foods you can tolerate, you know, you, you'll deal with them, and then tell me what foods you absolutely do not want, mm. right? And so Liam works out his program to match what you would actually eat, you know, which we actually had this discussion about as we were coming down, I'm actually, believe it or not, enjoying my food probably for the first time, you know, through that over the last 12 months in, in trying to eat healthy, like, you know. Mm. I'm actually enjoying it this time and I'm sticking to it more than I probably ever did before. But going back to your original question, uh, James, um, I said, I told uh, Liam, Liam Oga and, and Marlene that I was trying to, interested in trying to do this triathlon. And, but I said, my biggest problem, I said, is my prosthetic is not suitable for what I'm doing, right? It's really, really cutting into my leg. Um, like, I, I have to take the prosthetic off when I'm at home. Prosthetic has to come off. It, my, my leg does... It's been so much pain now at the moment because you, when you get a prosthetic, your leg changes shape after a while. Mm. So it doesn't suit you anymore. So you have to constantly get a change. You get a change about four times before your leg is yeah. the way it's going to be for the rest of your life then, like, you know. So... We we ran about this um, triathlon anyway, and they, Liam Oga and, and Marlene had said it to a few in the gym. There's some very very extreme athletes in the gym, like you know, ever represented a country and yeah. around the world and all that stuff. So a lot of them came on board. So we came up with an idea of doing a, a bit of a fundraiser to try to get the prosthetic for me. It's like a blade, right? But it's more suitable for your gym work, you know, that your yeah. leg. Because what I'm doing at the moment is I'm damaging my leg wearing this prosthetic. Mm. So this one yeah. will be dedicated for the type of work that you do. Like you know, how much does that cost, Sean? It's I'm, I'm it could be up to right. I mean, the cheapest one of them is I think at the moment is about eight and a half thousand. I mean, so. you can go up to forty, fifty, sixty thousand. Like you know, if you want an Oscar story as well, like well, I, I'd have to lose the second leg as well for that. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a blade like that. It like. is a blade, yeah. It yeah, actually yeah, is a blade, yeah. yeah. It's a blade. The one, the one I looked at is um, um, it's 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 a blade form. Like you'd have your normal knee knee um, part of the hair. You know, it's it's into a sock and that. But then instead of the foot part that I have and the prosthetic I'm wearing now, <clears throat> it's actually a blade. Mm. You know, how can anyone, anyone that's watching this now or listening or whatever, how can anybody say, right, what do I go? This draws around a few quid, like to help him mm. out with his fucking prosthetic. Because well, like, I know I, I am going to donate something myself. Yeah. Do you know, myself and Nicole were going to go on to the GoFundMe page yeah. and throw a few quid in so it. One of, the, one of the girls in the gym um, last week set up a, um, a GoFundMe to, to help raise. The money, money for it, like you know, it's through the triathlon we're doing. Mm. No triathlon we had planned to do by the end of March, start of April, but COVID was is going to dictate all that, like you know. Mm. But um, she set up the the GoFundMe. Um, something I I I do have a problem with, like you know, it's you know I hate 
Asking. I know, <laughs> you know but it's, it's, you're not asking. You're not asking. Did somebody done it on your behalf anyway? I know, yeah. Though, I, uh, and people will donate generously. Did you see this yeah, podcast here? Sorry? This, this podcast. Yeah. We wouldn't have it only for no. a GoFundMe page. I'd say, I'd say we've about 10 grand's worth of equipment. That we didn't, yeah, you can see it here, yeah. We, we yeah. got it through um, a couple of GoFundMe pages, uh, donations from people, small yeah. sponsorship, and Patreon, where people donate to us once a month mm-hmm. on our Patreon page, and it's, it's it covers all the costs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why do people do it? Because they like the podcast and they want to contribute. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're we're doing something for them, and then we <coughs> get that in return, and we can make the podcast better and stuff like that. Yeah, somebody's doing that on your behalf because they like you, okay. and for you to flourish, it's a great um, indictment on SBG. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That somebody can come mm-hmm. in to our gym. With one leg, way overweight, and get into the shape of his life and become yeah. happy and healthy and everything. So I think, it's, and you never know who's going to watch the podcast. Yeah. You could have some philanthropist say, "You know what? Fuck that!" Yeah. And getting the Oscar Pistorius one. <laughs> Here's fifty grand. Yeah. If I was what? a millionaire, I do it in the morning. Listen, yeah. it's no ordinary case where somebody goes on to lose weight. You know, yeah, it's it's, it's a special case. Yeah. Like with somebody, well, I, has well, a, I have to say, like I mean. There's a lot it, for yourself to try to push yourself, right? Mm. To do to do these things, right? But it, 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 uh, there's an awful lot depends on who you have around you, right? Um, I think one of you mentioned there about support at home and mm. you know to push it, you know that they're with you and they're pushing you on and stuff like that. Um, like when I went to SBG, like people think they're gyms. Like all gyms are the same, um, and I totally disagree with that. Like, right? SPG to me, if I was in another gym, I don't think I'd be where I am, where I am now today. Right? I've done gyms before when I had my leg, and you know, you're on your own basically in the gym. You know, it's up to you to do what you want. But like, I walked into SPG and I just felt straight away. This there's a feeling of difference here, right? The way the owners sort of um, support me from the very, very beginning, you know, apart from the weight side of things, mm-hmm. it's having the one leg, and you know, I felt that uh, they were sort of encouraging me mm-hmm. to go and pushing me to say, look, the only limits you have is what's in your head. It's not what's the way your body is like, you know. You can do, if you have it in your head to do, to achieve something, Mm. go for it like and Marlene and Liam Oak and, and um, Jimmy like every single day even though we're, they're shut down now and the whole lot like that they're constantly in contact with me pushing me and pushing me and pushing me so I think if I was in another gym I don't think I'd be anywhere near where I am now it's just that SBG and then the extended family inside SBG Liam Will Gary um and all the other team, even the lads who are training with me, right, who are all on their own journeys as well, like, you know, trying to get fit and lose weight and whatever else their targets and goals are. I mean, the support down there is just, it's just unbelievable. Like, yeah. You know? and look, we'll, we'll come to Liam now and we'll get Liam to talk a little bit about SBG. Am I right in saying SBG was set up by John Cavanagh and Conor McGregor? Or was that? Um, so SBG, it's... it's I, from what I from what I know anyway, it's kind of from over in America, but it's kind of brought over here. So John Cavan is like the first kind of European branch of it. Okay, yeah. so it's like a franchise. Yeah, yeah. So it's worldwide franchise now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how many there are worldwide, but there's a lot of SBGs around the place. And yeah. it means straight blast gym. Yeah. And you're in North Point Business Park. North Point Business Park. Um, you've men, women, young and old. Oh, all all sorts. Like there's children's classes all the way up to. Yeah, pretty much anyone. Where yeah. does MMA stand in terms of in it, with COVID restrictions? Elite sports is allowed to go ahead. What's the crack with MMA? Is there any elite level fighters in Ireland? I know there is elite level fighters. Irish, of course, there is. We have the most famous one in the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Conor McGregor. Do you know uh, two weight world champion in two different divisions? Do you know two different um, fighting promotions? But like, is your gym completely closed? 
um, from what from what I'm aware, it's like we have certain pro athletes, and because of their like um, because of how their class is professionals, they're allowed to engage in some form of contact. I think that they're still supposed to be like those certain restrictions in place. Yeah. But uh, the likes of Ryan Splann, who's making his um, debut with Bellator, we're just kind of waiting on uh, something to pop out there from mm. hopefully soon. Yeah. And Patrick Lehans um, coming up with his debut soon enough. I think that's third of April. Is third of April? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's third of April for Pat Lehan. That's going to be a huge thing for him. He's just yeah. going. To explode from there, yeah. and he, he's an MMA fighter, is he, Liam? Oh yeah, top. Yeah. top uh, I think he's competing as a featherweight for his debut. How old yeah, is against that? Leon Hill. Uh, he's he? only twenty. Twenty. Yeah, and then so Ryan Splann's only twenty three, twenty four. So yeah. look out for the two of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look out. Yeah, oh, they're two for the future, big yeah. time. Like, yeah. And then there's there some other people coming up down the line, and it's just going to be crazy over the next few years. Yeah. Like, I know. Once yeah. we get this COVID out of the way, we will laugh and. Oh, stop. Do you fight yourself? Huh? Do you fight um, yourself? I, no, not right now. I'm looking to kind of get back into training eventually once this whole kind of COVID mm. thing subsides a little bit then yeah. back in with training and hopefully I'll jump in for some amateur card at some stage. Mm. Not too sure how it'll go but we'll give it a go regardless. Like. Do you know any parents that are watching this now and their kids are a little bit shy and timid because I have been down there and I see the the junior grill classes there yeah, yeah. and the way you manage the kids is, and the discipline is fantastic and it's just it's a, it's a great place and I, I said I was going to bring my own fella down my, Jay my little boy um, because he just needs something like that in his own life you know what kind of advice would you uh, give to any parent watching if they wanted to say Come, I'll bring a child down yeah like what I'd say is regardless of what the age is like any anyone can go down because like I started uh, martial arts kind of a bit later like I did taekwondo when I was younger and then once I got back into college started off with kickboxing then went into MMA and like my confidence that I was very very shy and kind of very intrinsic in that sense but I'm a lot kind of more open and talkative now like I never could have done this a few years ago we had mm, something like this yeah. I'd have like a panic attack mm. walking in the door but um like I'd say from a younger age if you can get them in the door get them engaging in that it'd be great for them confidence wise and yeah. everything else you could think of that's fantastic yeah because yeah, it's, it's good as well it's a good it's a good um, outlet for aggression and for hyper kids and stuff like that and do you take 100%. schools down there as well um, I, th- I think they're looking to bring in schools at some stage I, yeah. and I was aware that I think Liam Og and Marlene were working with another school teaching a few different small martial arts classes and I know Liam Og was working with I think CSN for a little bit okay. teaching a few classes out there as well yeah. so that could be something for the future as well with them. Have you any female athletes below? Um, female athletes there, there, is, there is a few coming up the line and then there's Eilish uh, O'Hanlon as well she's three times bronze medalist I think in the IMFs and across the board there um, I think she's coming back into training she was kind of out of it for a little bit but I think she's coming back in again now so uh, that'll be a fun mm. one to see there's a lot of exciting times ahead so for yeah, SPG majorly, yeah, majorly if we can just get back into the if we can get back into a venue with some crowds, mm-hmm. we'll be laughing, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And we hope we get tickets off you for Bellator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But look, Sean, what's the crack for the future? So, let's in a, in an ideal world, right? And you get you get the prosthetic leg, you get a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, a triathlon is how long is the cycle, the swim, and the run? Well, there's um, well for me anyway. Like I obviously I won't be able to do. The full triathlon, yeah, right? Um, well, I, what I'll be doing is uh, I'll be swimming um, about a kilometer. Uh, I'll be cycling um, twenty kilometers, and I will be. I can only do the walk because I can't run. Yeah, it's like um, I'll be walking five kilometers, but it's one straight after each other, like you know. Mm. So um, I'm. We'll get that walk. leg for you when you be <laughs> running around that I'm track. Don't that. you worry about that. I'm out, I'm out walking. <laughs> Every day, yeah. to, well, when I can, I'm like, I was sort of on this, using a stick to get around, which was good for me, right? It took me off the crutches, but unfortunately, now I'm back mm. on crutches because the, the leg is, is a bit sore. But I just want, just want to make a point there about, um, about people competing in, in MMA and kickboxing and all this stuff. Mm. The one thing that I, I amazed me, right, and we'd all hear of young fellas alright let's go back to both your stories right they, you'd hear Timmy Long see what he's up to in the streets and mm. James Leonard what he's up to in the streets you know and all that stuff and it was all negative stuff right but when I was down in the gym and I'm looking at like to Liam um, Abinu 
Fufu, two brothers, um, Ryan Spillane, Pally Han, and a few more of these fellas, right? Fionn Hickey. They're only 17 to 20 years of age, right? And the amount of dedication that they're doing and the hard work that they're doing, looking after themselves, right? Being really, really sensible young fellas. You never hear a word about these people, right? You know, there's an awful lot of good young fellas mm-hmm. out there and girls, right? An awful lot of good ones. And probably a hell of a lot more than when you get the fellas yeah. that are going through the, the hard times, right? Um, but I think they, they need to be recognised as well. Mm. You know, fellas that have dedicated themselves to looking after themselves, uh, training hard, you know, dedicated to what they're doing, right? And being really, really, really nice guys. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I sit back in the gym when I'm doing my own training and I see these young fellas come in. It's just as easy for them now to be stuck in some street or some corner with a can of cider in their hand or, yeah. you know, or acting the maggot around the place. But no, they decided... I want to train. I want to be the best of what I can do. You know, so I think they need to be recognised as well for that. And like, you it's know? always the sports, the young fellas that are... The, the young fellas could be mad and might get in trouble at home and in school, but they're, they're involved in the sports club. They're doing something right. And I'd, I'd have great hope is when young fellas fought, drop out of sport and become idle, then mm. I'd worry about them. But one thing I was uh, wanted to ask you, um, I forgot to say it to you, how's, when, you know, when you're squatting... And you're mm-hmm. doing deadlifts and that with a prosthetic leg. What way is your balance? Um, it was something I had to... Are you using like a Smith machine or is it like a no, free No, no, these are all free weights. Like, yeah. you know, um, what I use for the deadlift, I was using the barbell, but my balance was very bad. I was going forward, basically falling over, and I fell once or twice. Um, so I used, um, it's, it's called um, the hex bar. Oh, yeah, When you stand yeah. into it. So you're basically, you're balanced straight away with it, like... When I'm doing the squats, that, that the hex bar would be for the deadlift. When I'm yeah. using the squats, I'd have a, a bench behind me, so I, like I can't get down low, yeah. right? Like a normal squat, you're practically going down as far as your legs will take you to go down. Mm. Where mine wouldn't be, I couldn't get down that far. But for safety reasons and, and balance, I'd have um, a bench behind me, so I just barely come down to that. And lift back That's up. still a good depth to go down. Well, like, is, you know what I mean? Is, uh, come parallel. Yeah. But like it's again, no, it's, it's one leg is taking all the weight. Like you know, no, that, I, I that just, one leg must be like a fucking ox. It's, it's like a tree trunk. Developed, no, all right, like starting yeah. to get developed. Yeah. You know, but I like that hex bar myself yeah. actually because no, if I'm doing a deadlift, it like a deadlift is a high high risk and reward. You know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. the risk outweighs the reward. Yeah, you know, with a straight bar, I tend to bend over a little bit. But you know, when I'm using a hex bar, my hands are by my side. That's much easier yeah. form. You know and your mean? back is more protected yeah. as well and because like the handles come up and you don't have to go down as far. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, would, um, someone cont- how would someone contact you, Liam, if they have a similar situation to Sean um, and they want to they want to get in contact with you to do some work with you, get on a diet or get on a nutrition plan, start training with you, and you know, like this is this this is a great platform to let people know oh no, no like, I was delighted when you said you'd bring me onto yeah. this like you know just a fantastic platform and it's growing massively um, like I mainly right now I'm kind of going through Instagram and Facebook yeah. um, so I can be contacted at Single Mind PT on both of them um, also if you're going through SBG in itself um, you can contact Marlene or um, Jimmy or Liam Oak through there um, also at my email address uh, liamsingletonpt at gmail.com Mm. Good man, Fantastic. and I'm always kind of available now at this stage. So good man, you know, it's not too bad. And tell us about this GoFundMe. How can we? How can anybody reach this GoFundMe for? Um, pretty much, if you get it onto, it should be across your pages. Yeah, yeah, across all of Sean's uh, different social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, it should be available up there. It's also available on the SBG uh, group page as well. So and we'll also share, share it. In, yeah. We'll, we'll share so, it in the description. Yeah, it, of again, this video. like the, the more it can be shared, the better because more people yeah. will see it. And we'll finish up with you, Sean. I tell you now, why you're an inspiration to me, I, and I never really say that to anybody because I, a lot of people say it to me. You always say it to me. <laughs> always it, Jesus. To but me. you know, a lot of people say it to myself and Timmy. We get a lot of lovely feedback from people who say yeah. you're inspirational and, and a lot of that. And that's just to let you know, you are right. Because but you're inspirational yeah. to me. I tell like, you now, as I said, like. 
James O'Yon, you know, you since basically you started uh, the John podcast. <laughs> you got the best version. <laughs> but I know, I know Timmy. Timmy's my nephew, right? And I know Timmy obviously since he was born, right? And like Timmy's let told people his, I suppose, from his teens up, right? But like. I can understand where where Timmy, the road Timmy went down, right? Because he never had a father figure in his house. He never had guidance, right? His mother, which is my sister Christine, late heaven to her, she'd done her utmost to try to be mother, father, mm. housekeeper, everything to, to the lads. And poor Christine had her own mental mental issues, like, but. And I constantly say it to Timmy, right? I can't believe the man he's turned out to today from what I saw growing up. You must be very proud of him. Thank you. There's not enough words, honestly, James, that I could say about Timmy Long, right? Go back a few years ago, you would have walked the other side of the road if he was coming up towards you, like. A few people said that, all right. right? (laughs) No. I'd be glad to put my hand around the shoulder. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, so proud of him. And I'd say you're just proud of him. I am proud because, like, I know, I know we've been going on for the last 45 minutes to an hour and, like, um, there's, like, there was another side there to Sean's story as well. Like, um, you know, he recently lost his wife as well, which was a massive hit. You know, she, he lost her to cancer as well lately. And Sorry if you lost, Sean. Mm. Thanks, James. Um like that's like for him to keep going and and be at home looking after his two boys, um and keep up the training because I know I know his wife asked him to keep going to training like because it was it was so good for him like and I know he didn't mention it and he was probably not going to mention it because he probably didn't want people to think oh God help us or anything like that he you know but. Like there is that side of his story as well. Like he is going through the heartache as well of losing his wife, and this was only a few months ago. She must have been very proud of you, Sean. The last thing she said to me before um, before she died was Wednesday before she died was, "It's two o'clock. You've training at five. Mm. and they were the last words I heard from her. Mm. She was your biggest fan. She she pushed me hard. Yeah. She really, really pushed me hard. She knew she knew I needed that. I needed to be healthy, like, you know. I suppose in her own mind she probably knew that um she wasn't gonna get better, like. Mm. Yeah. She was making sure you were gonna be able to take yeah. to carry the mantle when she passed. Mm. Yeah. But look at all that she she'd be so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Timmy, um, Liam, you're an amazing man, I tell you now, you're I never say people are inspirational, but you are inspirational, you know. Um, to, to come through what you've come through and you know fucking hell it's unbelievable it's unbelievable and credit to, credit to Liam um, and, and all that SPG um, well done Liam well done SPG it's a beautiful place um, and I'd encourage anybody to go down and join us and you know what for people think MMA is violent it is of course it's fucking violent it's safer than boxing because you know when you're when when you're underground and somebody's shooting you, you tap out, you're released. Mm. If you get dazed through a free stop, then I watched a fight the other night. Josh Warrington, he was fighting. Um, I think he's a lightweight. He's from yeah. Leeds. He's a boxing. He's on Sky Sports. He got knocked in the fourth round, right? And he boxed on for four rounds concussed, and it was actually hard to watch. That doesn't happen in MMA, mm. so it doesn't. No, like the only thing you'd be because th- like, like it was referred to numerous times as like human cockfighting and stuff by different politicians yeah, and even know, at that yeah. um, it was all throughout the media um, but technically a fight could end without a punch or kick ever being thrown you know it gets to the ground someone gets choked out someone gets arm barred it's, it's not as brutal as people make out mm. it's, it kind of it, it all comes down to like pushing it as what it is you know it's a sport it's something yeah. where people can compete um, there's all different tactics involved it can be heavy striking but it's it's much I personally I view it as much less than like you're going to get a serious like traumatic brain injury rather mm. than in the likes of something that's mainly with head contact like um, boxing yeah. you know and don't um, most martial arts have a fair um, connection as well with wellness and meditation mm. 
and all these things as well. Yeah. So it's about your overall uh, wellness and not just your ability to defend I, yourself. Yeah, and again, like what you were saying before, it's about get, getting out some of that excess energy as well, you know, yeah. especially maybe if you do have that aggressive streak, just being able to hit a bag or something even for a while, going up against some pads, even kind of wrestling or grappling with someone else, it can help kind of release some of that stress and alleviate any of the kind of yeah. uh, emotions you might have built up, yeah. you know. Brilliant. Well, look, lads, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. Jeez, it was very interesting, you know, and enjoy your story, story Sean. is going to inspire a lot of people that are may, not just overweight, but people that may have had injuries, arm injuries or leg injuries or back, whatever it may be, you know, and you as well, Liam, like, you're, you will be contacted by different people and, and so will you, Sean, you know, and hopefully you'll get that leg, hopefully, you know, yeah. soon, you know, to... To do the triathlon and, and whatever else in the gym because I see how motivated you are. I've, I've, I'm constantly looking to call my wife. She'd be on social media a lot, like, and she shows me the the videos and like I see one video. I think it was it 100 kilos or 110 kilos you were you um, really lifting. That was the bench press. Yeah, uh, 117 and a half. Like, and yeah. you're only training 12 months. Yeah, that's that's mm. you. That's. But I just couldn't go, lift that. I know. But it's just goes. Am I good? It goes to show, like, no matter, no matter who you are, if you turn up to the gym four yeah. or five days of the week and lift the weights, you will get stronger. There's yeah. no, that's no doubt about it. But look, yeah. um, yeah. we could just say one last thing. Um, just to people out there that um, would love to lose weight, would love to get fit, you're right. It's all, you know, the only way you're going to do it is take the first step, right? is talk to the likes of Liam Singleton or talk to SBG or whatever gym that you prefer, right? But take the first step. And it, it is probably hard taking that first movement in, right? And it can be a slow process. But, you know, more, you know try to get into your head that I can do this, right? If you, you know, I can do this. And you will achieve it, like, you know. Mm. Don't sort of say, I'd love to do it, but that's not for me. You know, mm. I don't think I could do it. You don't know unless you try it. Yeah. Right? I, my, as I said at the very beginning of this, I said to Brendan Russell, I've only one leg, so I can't do nothing. I'm now yeah. about 12, 13 months down the road, and I'm down 40 kilos. Yeah. You know, so it's all, mm. it's all in the head. You, you won't know it unless you try it. Yeah. You know, so and that's in in psychology. They say a big part of um, a big part of personal development is pushing yourself into yeah. uncomfortable situations yeah. and coming out to the side with a lot of growth. Yeah, but look, that's perfect. Yeah. Great. And thanks again, Sean. No bother, James. Thank song. you. Thanks, thanks to me. Thanks and everyone. Everyone. And I see thanks you all next week. Let's see that though. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.